money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, training, coaching, partnering. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. So uh, welcome, everybody. We've got lots to do. Let's go ahead and start our presentation. Um, And by the way, uh, um, the strategies we present here today um, are uh, strategies that are tested and proven. But that being said, um, whenever you do a real estate transaction, you should consult uh, an attorney uh, and or a financial advisor before making any of your own decisions. So let's go ahead and get started. What we're going to start to do tonight is we're going to do a little bit of a market update to get us started here. Um, Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Association. Uh, This is all sponsored by Texas RIAs, by far the largest network of real estate investor associations in the state of Texas. Over 87,000 members, participants, and attendees. Uh, We have live meetings all over Texas, mostly in Austin, Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. And we are live right now in San Antonio. So welcome, everybody. In fact, I'll... uh, I'll do a little scroll of the room. Everybody kind of wave to the camera as you see the camera go by. There we are. We are live. So welcome, everybody. How fun is that? And um, I'll go ahead and put the camera back. Um, So we got lots to do, and there's a lot going on in the real estate market. uh, And we're going to be talking about what exactly that is. So welcome to the Real Estate Market Update. Each month when the RIA meets, we do constant updates uh, with what's going on in inventory, prices, uh, market, and opportunity. And of course, you do have to be a student of the market if you want to uh, learn how to invest in real estate and profit from investing in real estate. We're going to do a market update right now. Uh, by the way, if you are online, uh, you uh, are welcome to uh, continue to listen to us. We are broadcasting live on Facebook in several places, uh, on YouTube, uh, on a podcast, uh, on Twitch, and on Instagram. So welcome for all of you guys online. Uh, Glad to have you. So where are we in the real estate market? Well, it is safe to say that this is the best year that has ever existed in the history of real estate here in Texas. Uh, There's some really amazing things going on right now. Uh, Who would have guessed that a pandemic would create the hottest real estate market in the history of real estate? Uh, And it is interesting, and you're going to start to understand as I go through this, um, real estate is not driven by the economy. The economy goes up and down. Real estate can do the opposite or can do the same. Real estate is driven by supply and demand. During the Great uh, Depression, uh, real estate prices went down a whopping 6% almost no change at all. During the great pandemic, real estate prices have gone up uh, anywhere from 20 to 30 or more percent. And it has to do with supply and demand. It has not to do with the economy. Uh, Real estate tends to be a leading indicator, not a lag indicator. In other words, if real estate booms, it pulls the economy up. If real estate crashes, it pulls the economy down, not the other way around. But 2021 is forecast to be the best year ever in real estate. Uh, We're looking at uh, prices 20 to 25 up versus uh, 2020. And we're going to talk about that. And uh, the forecast is that they're going to continue to rise. And it's interesting also, um, you know, 
trying to predict the stock market, good luck with that, right? The stock market could go down 5,000 points tomorrow, and it probably will, and nobody really knows. Um, even trying to predict the economy is actually quite challenging, but real estate is actually not that challenging because it's supply and demand, and these things are very measurable. We know how many people are moving to Texas. We know how many people are having babies. We know how many houses are being built. I mean, these are all things that are actually quite measurable. And Texas RIAs has been doing a annual forecast of the real estate market for over the last decade. Normally, the forecast is done by my wife. She's not here right now because she and my son are off in the Bahamas. And uh, I'm going to join them to tomorrow. So uh, they're one day ahead of me. Um, but she's been doing the uh, market forecast here in Texas on behalf of Texas RIAs for the last decade. And I'm going to tell you, every year when she forecasts what's going on with prices and inventory, she's within like 1% or 2%. I mean, it's, it's literally that close. So when she says prices are growing up or down or whatever, you know, look, we can make money in up markets, down markets, sideways markets. I'm not a realtor. It doesn't really matter other than I own rental properties, so I do like it when prices are going up. Um, but uh, we've had a very, very good track record at being able to forecast these things. And we're going to talk about that forecast a little bit uh, today. So why is our inventory so low? Well, <clears throat> the reason prices are going up and the reasons they've gone up and they're going to continue to go up is supply and demand, right? Real estate is driven by supply and demand. Uh, and the biggest problem we've had is in supply. We got hit by a pandemic, which was a very unique uh, situation. And a lot of people just said, well, you know, I don't really know what the future holds. So not a good time to sell the house. Let's just kind of hunker down uh, and stay home. Uh, during the pandemic and even to some degree today, people are like, I don't know if I really want people going through my home. So maybe it's not a good time uh, to put my home on the market and list my home for sales. Uh, I don't know if I want people walking around my house. We also still see low interest rates. Low interest rates motivate buyers. So we have things that are suppressing the sellers, but they're causing the buyers to still want to uh, buy. Um, the last market cycle in 2001, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, um, you know, the, 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 the banks created this thing called subprime lending. One of the dumbest ideas in the history of the world, by the way. Uh, giving loans to people who didn't have like jobs and credit and income, right? Imagine that. And surprise, surprise, in 2008, all the banks went bankrupt. Uh, they got bailed out by the Federal Reserve. And then when they finally started giving loans again, the, 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 the rules changed, right? And, and so many people were so irrationally exuberant uh, up until 2008. Builders were just building everything they could build because money was free and easy and banks were just loaning anybody that got fog a mirror money. Uh, and so we just really had an explosion of supply, inventory, houses for sale, getting built in and put on the market for sale. Um, but after 2008, banks got rational again about how they loan money and builders got rational again. Uh, gosh, you know, I don't want to build too many houses and go bankrupt again. Right, so now there's just unfortunately not enough houses being built. People are very conservative, and literally more people are having babies and more people are moving to Texas than we are building houses. Okay, so if you have more people that need a house than you have houses to, to fulfill, you have a problem with your supply. Too much demand, not enough supply. Labor shortage, immigration policies, uh, border crossing, 
uh, has, has reduced. This has also stopped a lot of uh, laborers and contractors from coming into the labor market, which makes it more challenging to build. Right now, it is very challenging to build houses. You can't hire contractors. Contractors are all fat, dumb, and happy, which means prices have gone through the roof. Lumber prices went up. Now they're starting to come down. Uh, but it's just very hard uh, to, uh, to build. And it, frankly, it's very expensive. So that's also constraining supply. Prices have gone up for labor and materials. Uh, city permitting, you know, you would think that the government would make things easier, wouldn't you? Well, as it turns out, they don't. Uh, it takes forever to get permits, uh, and uh, it can sometimes be expensive. The Elon effect, what does that mean? Elon Musk put on a cowboy hat and called himself a Texan, and I think about half a tech, half a California moved here with him, right? So again, uh, you know, we've got this huge what's called positive migration. People are moving to Texas. Why? Because it's a great place to live with great people. Uh, but unfortunately, you got lots of people that need a place to live, and we just don't have that many houses for sale. Uh, some owners that uh, might otherwise sell their house are thinking, you know, we're in a real estate's a good idea here in Texas, so why don't we just keep the property instead of selling it? They're keeping them as rental properties or Airbnbs. Uh, and then if things couldn't get any worse from all that, institutional buyers are looking for op opportunities. Your competitor right now to buy a house could actually be a hedge fund because hedge funds with billions of dollars have looked at Texas and they've said, they know where this can go but up, so we're going to start parking our money in houses. You know, if you put your money in the stock market, well, it might go up, might go down. Usually a little bit goes up over time. But if you put your house, money in houses, you get a double payoff. Not only do you get all the income from the rent, right, which could be 8% return on your money just from the rent alone, but then you get the appreciation on top of that. right? So you kind of get paid twice when you put your money into real estate. And in general, real estate is safer and higher return than the stock market. If the guys on Wall Street tell people there's something on average, safer and higher return than the stock market. Yeah, nobody ever goes back to the stock market. So now even hedge funds are buying up houses in Texas. Uh, we've also had the government trying to help uh, people that lost their jobs during the pandemic. So one of the things they said during the pandemic is you can't foreclose on somebody even if they don't pay their mortgage. So we've had a mortgage moratorium. Well, what does this do? All of these properties that could be returned into inventory instead just sat there with unpaying uh, property owners in them uh, or unpaying tenants in them and um, less supply, even though the market needs more supply. Uh, and then we had a huge ice storm, uh, if everybody remembers earlier this year, uh, that also wiped some of the inventory out of the market. So, so many things are constraining supply. We have more people that need houses here in Texas than ever before, and yet all of this stuff happened right then to limit how many houses are available to buy. When you have lots of demand and no more supply, then what happens to the real estate market? It explodes, and that's exactly what is going on right now. So uh, that's, that's, that's the market update. Now, and what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to break it down into what's going on in, in, in San Antonio and Austin uh, in Dallas, uh, in uh, Houston as well. So we're going to go through the different cities. Uh, I do want to, though, make a quick mention. Um, 
We have Texas RIAs uh, meets uh, in Austin, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio uh, multiple times a month. Um, we do meetings, market updates. Please also join us on social media. I heard somebody ask earlier, you know, hey, can I get copies of some of those slides? We actually do post this stuff on our social media websites. You can even watch these presentations on our YouTube page, uh, on our Facebook page. So please, we welcome to do that. Uh, we're also sponsoring some training. I'll give you some details about that a little bit later. It's free, so pretty cool, practical, actionable three-day workshop coming up. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that uh, a little bit uh, later. Uh, we call it Texans Teaching Texans How to Invest in Texas. This is the Texas Real Estate Workshop uh, sponsored by Texas RIAs. Uh, and did I mention it's free? So I'll give you a little commercial for that a little bit later. But it is coming up in Dallas, Houston, and here in Central Texas as well. Uh, you might want to jot one of those dates down if any of those are convenient for you. Um, if you want to come live, great. We'd love to have you live. Uh, if you can't make it live for any number of different reasons, we are also simulcasting online. Uh, so um, I just wanted to flash that up now. I'm going to give you more details about this a little bit later. But the best way to really get started investing in real estate is with some detailed training. At the moment, Texas Rias is sponsoring the Texas Real Estate Workshop for free. This is very unusual. Thousands and thousands and thousands of Texans have learned how to invest in real estate at this workshop uh, over the last decade, and they all paid for it, but because of the pandemic, we're temporarily doing it for free. So I'll tell you more about that in a little bit later. So what is going on in the real estate market? Well, uh, Texas uh, overall, this is the overall uh, what's going on in Texas. Uh, sales prices up 25%. Can you imagine that? Um, uh, days on market inventory. Inventory right now in Texas is 1.4 months of inventory. What is inventory? Inventory means if we stopped putting houses for sale and we just kept the houses we have for sale now, how long would it take before every house that, that is for sale would be bought, would be gone, where the shelves would be completely empty? And the answer is uh, one and a half months. A year ago, it was a hot real estate market with three months of inventory. By the way, the average number of months of inventory is six months of inventory. Okay, six months of inventory is considered a new, neutral or stable market. If there's less than six months of inventory, uh, you have a seller's market. If there's more than six months of inventory, uh, you have a buyer's market. Last year, we had a very strong seller's market. Now we have an insanely strong seller's market with only 1.4 months of inventory. Pending sales, 38,000. Closed sales, 48,000. Uh, almost everything that was put on the market has sold. Uh, active listings, uh, 48,000. Notice the number of active listings is down. What does that mean? There's nothing left to sell. I mean, literally, the, 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 the numbers, uh, when I go through these numbers, uh, are kind of being contorted because, you know, we have a situation where everybody ran into the store and they cleared out the shelves and there's literally nothing left uh, on the shelves. So that's kind of what's going on uh, Texas uh, statewide. Going into the different cities, Houston, uh, average sales price up 24% uh, percent, uh, to $395,000, right around exactly what's going on in the state. One and a half months of inventory. Um, 
pending sales 10,000, closed sales 10,000. So basically just sold 10, another 10 uh, still actively available for, uh, for, for sale. Number of properties uh, being listed uh, down a little bit, days on market, uh, average days on market for house sold, uh, 29 days. Again, about half of what it was last year. And last year was a, was a hot, hot uh, market. Austin, this is not a typo. The average price in Austin is $600,000. Average. That's not high or low. That's average. Unbelievable. Up uh, 43%. Uh, I'm kind of excited about this. Uh, I actually have many rental properties, almost now $15 million worth of rental properties. You know, people, uh, and they're almost all in Austin and Central Texas. Uh, and I'm not saying that to brag, I'm just saying I'm kind of excited. I've been doing this for 18 years, collecting rental properties. And when people see prices go up, you know, they're like, oh, inflation, inflation. Well, for most people, inflation is a bad word. But when you own a lot of real estate, we just have a different name for it. We call it appreciation. Yeah, and it's kind of exciting when you own a lot of real estate and there's a lot of appreciation. But unbelievable. Uh, average price in Austin now is uh, $600,000. Months of inventory, yes, that's not a typo, 0.6. Basically, there's two weeks of inventory. Never seen anything like this. Uh, and here's something else that's crazy. The total active listings, 2,200. Closed uh, pending uh, sales, 4,400. There's less than half the number of houses for sale as are pending to sell. I mean, talk about there's literally nothing left on the shelf. When somebody puts a house on the market in Austin, you know, that's why the prices have jumped so high you know, multiple buyers. And that's true all of across the state of Texas, but Austin has just uh, seen things that have really never been seen uh, in inventory and uh, real estate before. So pretty, pretty unbelievable. San Antonio, here we are in San Antonio. The average price is up to $345,000 for years and years and years. It was always the most affordable city uh, in Texas, and you could always get something under 300. Well, not anymore. Um, days on market, 1.3, I'm sorry, months of inventory, 1.3, uh, pending sales, 3,400, closed sales, 4,000. Again, everything is just flying off of the shelf. And then finally, DFW. DFW, interestingly enough, for a lot of interesting reasons, is kind of the bellwether uh, of Texas. Um, you know, when the market softens, it's always the first to soften. When the market picks up, it's always the first to pick up. So, if you kind of want to get a hint about what's happening, uh, we always look at uh, DFW. Um, <clears throat> prices up <clears throat> in DFW 28% um, to the average price of 434000 uh, Months of inventory 1.1, uh, so even a little bit better uh, than what the numbers are statewide. So it's just kind of giving an idea of what's going on in the marketplace, and it's really pretty amazing. Um, and, um, you know, right now, I always tell people sometimes it's easy to buy and hard to sell. Sometimes it's easy to sell and hard to buy. It's never easy to buy and easy to sell. But if you kind of have a choice of one or the other, I'm going to tell you it's better to be easy to sell. Uh, and the reason is it's just, it's just, you know, what is the best strategy to use right now? Anybody want to know? Yes. <laughs> okay. That's the answer. Yeah, everything works. Yeah, 
short-term, long-term, wholesale, fixed, flip, short sales, everything works in this kind of a market. It's just very forgiving. Uh, and there's a lot of people that are making money in real estate, even if they make mistakes. You know, this kind of a market is very forgiving. You know, it's, it's kind of like in the early 2000s, they, they had that stupid flip the house show in Southern California, and they'd show these two guys flipping a house. And the dumber they were, and the longer it took them to figure out how to plant flowers in the flower bed, the more money they'd make. Why? Because if it took them six months to plant the flowers in the flower bed, by the time they sold the house, the house was worth 50000 more, right, than it was six months earlier, right? And that's kind of what's going on now. I see a lot of situations where people are buying houses. In some cases, they're paying too much, and they're making mistake, and they're spending too much. Uh, and they're still making money because when they go to sell, it sells for more than it should have sold for because the market's just going up and a rising tide lifts all boats. Now, that being said, it's a great time to get into real estate, but that also being said, you've got to learn how to do it right. You know, when you reward bad behavior, you tend to get more bad behavior. And I've been through these market cycles before as a real estate investor for the last 18 years. And what I see every time the market has changed is the, the, the pros make a killing and the rookies get killed uh, because the rookies aren't learning necessarily how to do it right. They're making some money because they're lucky. And then things change and the luck goes away and, uh, and things can get ugly. So it is a good time to get some training. And again, we have a workshop coming up uh, in uh, the next few weeks. We're doing a tour, Austin, Dallas, and uh, San Antonio, Austin, San Antonio together, and uh, Houston. And um, we're doing a tour of our, our workshop. So practical, actionable, detailed, step-by-step training. You're going to see as we go through the, the, the training tonight, um, we teach 12 different strategies here in Texas. We teach 65 different tested, proven marketing methods to find off-market wholesale properties. And uh, we even teach 10 different closes. Closes are literally the exact words to say. Uh, you can learn how to partner uh, with me and other people within the network. Great way to get started is through partnering. We're going to talk about that, how, even, how to even access our funding to fund your deals. Thousands, and I mean thousands, of Texans have launched their real estate investing careers at this workshop. So again, right now it's free, and it's coming up in these cities with those dates. Uh, so you might want to see if any of those dates would work for you, and it's free uh, and it's also simulcast, so um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll offer it uh, for people that want to come in person or if people want to come online or some combination of the two. So <clears throat> um, I'm going to put this up later, so I'm going to come back to that, and I'm going to switch gears here for a minute. So let's see if I can get my cursor over to the other screen. And I want to start our main presentation now. Uh, so let me go back to the top here. And the main presentation uh, for tonight is something that we call the top 12 real estate investor strategies for today's Texas market. Um, how many of you are new or new-ish real estate investors? Let me just see a show of hands. Okay, most, most of the hands in the, in the room. Well, we're going to talk about the strategies used here in Texas to get started and or to take your business to the next level. Uh, for those of you that are online, if you are watching us on uh, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook Live, or even on the podcast, I'm going to tell you many of those platforms limit how long you can broadcast for to 60 minutes. So some of those platforms will not cover this entire presentation. If you want to keep going past 60 minutes, you can go to texasreas.com forward slash live, texasreas.com forward slash live. 
Uh, and you can even register for our next live event uh, at texasrias.com slash live if you uh, are not able to uh, complete the training uh, tonight. So that's just a little message for our online audience. So welcome again to the RIA. This is, of course, sponsored by Texas RIAs, the largest network of real estate investor associations in Texas. They say if you have even the slightest interest in real estate, the very first thing to do is to go join your local real estate investor association. And there's a reason for that, and that is that real estate is local. Laws are local. Contracts are local. Contractors are local. Buyers and sellers are local. Houses are local. Power teams are local. Uh, there's 30,000 books and tapes and seminars out there that teach people how to invest in real estate. They all talk about how to do it anywhere. Well, how to do it anywhere is how to do it at 30,000 feet. But real estate is not bought and sold at 30,000 feet. Real estate is bought and sold at zero feet. So if you want to know what laws apply here, and which contractors to use here, and which contracts to use here, and which power teams to hire here, and which neighborhoods to invest in here, you know, that's what you get at your local real estate investor association. And my job today is to make you all into educated and contributing members of this community. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, so why am I here? Well, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you guys today. Your time is valuable, and I'm going to repay you for your valuable time by sharing some very valuable training and information with you. Uh, tell you a little bit about my own background. 2003, I went from working in a 9-to-5 job. I was an engineer, uh, but I ended up falling out of love with that job. So I ended up being a job that I hated to eventually making over a million dollars a year investing in real estate. And over the next 90 minutes, uh, I'm going to tell you what I learned and tell you what I did right. Uh, I'm also going to share with you what I did wrong, because the best way to learn is not from your mistakes. It's from what? <laughs> you got it. Yeah, other people's mistakes. Experience is the toughest teacher there is. You get the test first, and then you get the lesson after. Trust me, that is not how you want to learn how to invest in real estate. So RIAs, Real Estate Investor Associations, are set up to share tribal knowledge, right? Share lessons amongst the members. The best way to learn is to ask from other people around you. So we're going to share some tribal knowledge, encourage you to participate within this network. So what are we going to learn today? How about nine strategies to make money in big chunks? Sounds good, doesn't it? But I'm not here to sound good. I'm here to teach you guys. And one of the things I want to teach you is that real estate investing is what we call a transaction-based business. And that means, fundamentally, you do this and this and this, you get a check. You do this, this, and this again, you get another check. And it's usually a pretty good check. Now, most people are working in a job. A job is fundamentally an exchange of time for money. The reason you can't get wealthy in a job is there's only so much time you can exchange, so many hours in your week, month, year, literally only so many hours left of you of the rest of your life that you can exchange for money with a job. A real estate's transaction-based. You do this, 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 you get a check, you do this, 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 you get another check. And as you learn how to do these transactions, you learn that you can use other people's money and other people's time and other people's resources. And if you do that, if you do this in a scalable way, then how many transactions can you do? Yeah, exactly. All of them, right? And, and, and when I became a real estate investor, you know, 18 years ago, I went from being an electrical engineer to kind of sort of a transactional engineer. And, the, and, and I wanted to make a lot of money investing in real estate, so I had to think about how do I do this in a way that I can make a lot of money. To, do, to, to make a lot of money, I'm going to have to do a lot of deals. 
Okay, well, I don't have an infinite amount of money, so I can't use my money. I don't have an infinite amount of time, so I gotta use other people's time, right? So I don't have all the experience in the world, so I gotta leverage other people's experience. I don't have all the resources in the world, so I gotta leverage other people's resources. But if you leverage other people's time, money, right, experience, and resources, then how many deals can you do? All of them. And that's what scale is all about. You know, we call it an abundance mindset. We're gonna talk about that tonight. Uh, how about uh, how to turn even a small IRA into millions of dollars tax-free? I'm going to teach you that tonight, right before your eyes. I think you'll be impressed. Uh, how about how to acquire $10 million in rental properties with little or no money and no credit? I said earlier, my wife and I have a portfolio of now about $15 million here worth of uh, properties here in Texas. Uh, if I wanted to buy $15 million of the houses traditionally, I'd have to put down 20% every time I bought a house. In other words, I'd have to be a multimillionaire in order to become a multimillionaire. Well, I wasn't a multimillionaire when I started investing in real estate. So how was I able to acquire $15 million worth of houses? Well, I had to learn how to buy houses with little or no money and no credit. And once you learn how to buy houses with little or no money and no credit, then how many houses can you buy? All of them. It's very scalable. So I'm going to teach you how you can buy $10 million worth of houses with little or no money and no credit. And I think you're going to like that trick a lot. That's probably my very, very best trick. So great. How come everybody doesn't make a million dollars a year investing in real estate? Well, there are some problems. So let's talk about the problems. And I'm going to tell you again, I don't claim to be the smartest guy in this room, but one thing I guarantee that I bring to this room is that I've been to this room before. I've been a real estate investor for 18 years. I've been teaching people in Texas RIAs for about a decade now. And, you know, there's always new people coming to the RIA, and the new people, it's, for them, it's new, right? But I'm going to tell you, it's not new. Millions of investors have traveled on the road that you guys that are new are on right now, and they all make all the same mistakes, especially when they get started. And these are some of the common problems. Fear. Fear paralyzes a lot of people right at the starting blocks. And I will tell you, I was scared to death. 18 years ago when I was sitting in these chairs, I was scared to death. I'm afraid I'm going to lose money. I'm going to have to fill out a contract or talk to somebody. Fear paralyzes a lot of people right at the beginning, right at the starting blocks. Next problem, finding deals. Good deals are hard to find. Anybody that tells you that good deals are easy to find is either a liar or a fool. The hardest thing about this business is finding deals. But I'm going to show you where you look for those deals and how you find those deals tonight. And then finally, doing deals. What I love most about being a real estate investor is there's so many different ways to do it. I'm going to teach you guys a whole bunch of different ways to do this stuff. I promise you're not going to learn watching HGTV. So for most people, these are the problems, and most people never get past these problems. But here's the good news. This is exactly what the Real Estate Investor Association was set up to do. It's a local, long-standing community of people, right, working together, sharing tribal knowledge with the resources to help people get started and get past these problems. So I'm going to help you guys get past this exactly the same way that the RIA helped me get past this stuff when I was sitting in these same chairs literally 18 years ago. Okay, so disclaimer, let me take a deep breath. 
This subject matter is for educational purposes only. We are not lawyers, CPAs, financial planners, etc. You should always have your contracts, taxes, business plans, etc. reviewed by an attorney and or financial advisor before completing any real estate transactions. Government regulations also require that I disclose that the results that I discuss are not typical results. I am an action taker and have achieved remarkable results, and the investors I talk about are action takers and not your typical average people. I believe average people don't take any action and don't get any results. Only you can decide if you're going to be a typical average person or an above average action taker. You know, here in Texas, we have a special saying, and the saying is all hat and no all hat and no cattle. Yeah. What does that mean? Everybody says they're going to roll up their sleeves. Everybody says they're going to go out and do something. But most people go out and do what? Nothing. Right? Probably heard of the 80-20 rule, right? 20% of the people make all the money in the world. I think real estate investing is more like the 95-5 rules. Like 5% of the people roll up their sleeves uh, and, and make all the money. But the ones that actually roll up their sleeves, the ones that actually go out and do this, they don't just make money. They make gobs of money, incredible amounts of money. Do you know that in this country, almost just shy of 80% of the millionaires in this country got there all or in part through investing in real estate? You know, it's really, really difficult to become a millionaire not investing in real estate, but you can't be all hat and no cattle. You do have to roll up your sleeves and you do have to take action. All right, fear. Let's talk about fear. If this seems a little scary, I get it, I understand, I can relate, and I can help. Uh, in fact, I can give you over a million reasons why you don't have to be afraid to invest in real estate. Um, I, I'll tell you a few stories. I'm not going to go through all of these, but these are people basically sat through the exact same training you guys are going through right now. They sat in the same chairs you guys are sitting in right now. With a little help, they became real estate investors. So I'll tell a few of these stories. Rochelle Swan, pharmacist here in Texas. Uh, came to the RIA, uh, made $35,000 with their very first deal. With my help, I personally helped her. She is now a real estate investor. Uh, Barry Adelman worked for Cisco uh, here in Texas, came to the RIA, joined the RIA, learned how to invest, came to the workshop, learned how to invest, flipped five houses, uh, made $100,000, quit his job. He is now a real estate investor. Stephanie Gron, Stephanie Gron uh, worked for Motorola here in Texas, came to the RIA, and she learned how to invest, and then she partnered on her first deal. So let's talk about that for a minute, partnering. Most people, when they get started investing in real estate, what do they do? They, they, they watch too many flip-the-house shows on TV. You know, it only takes 30 minutes to fix and flip a house on TV, right? You know, so they watch too many flip-the-house shows on TV. Uh, they go, honey, honey, we need to become real estate investors, right? They go out and buy a house. Uh, they probably buy it all wrong. They pay for it all wrong. Uh, they roll up their sleeves. They fix it and flip it. They probably spend way too much. Uh, and sometimes they even lose money. Okay, so here's another idea. Here's another idea. Instead of all that, why not, when you're getting started, why not partner with somebody who's maybe done it hundreds of times before, learn how to do it the right way, and, and then split the profits? Now, I know what everybody's thinking. Everybody always asks the same question. Wait a minute. Why in the world would a successful local real estate investor partner with a rookie? That doesn't make any sense. Well, here is a fact of life. If you ever want to do business with somebody operating at a higher business stature than you, you're going to have to help them before they're going to help you. So how could you help an experienced local real estate investor? By bringing them a money-making deal. 
And that's ex exactly what Stephanie brought to me. She brought me this deal. She said, what do you think of this deal? And I said, that is a money-making deal. And she said, would you partner on this deal with me? And I said, for half the profits? Absolutely. She learned how to do it right. I got half the profits, right? That's a win-win. Uh, and then after learning how to do it right, she went on to flip several other houses. She made herself $100,000, and she quit her job. She is now a real estate investor. And I'll tell you just a little bit more of that story. After she makes this money flipping houses, she goes into work, and she puts in her two weeks' notice. And her boss stops her. And he's like, whoa, what are you doing, Stephanie? We like you. We like you. We don't want you to quit. Why are you quitting? And she's like, pfft. I can't afford to work here anymore. I make more money investing in real estate. So then the next day, her boss calls me. Yeah, on the phone to have a little chat. Awkward. I'll never forget what he says to me. He says, I want you to teach me what you taught her because I don't want to work here anymore either. And now you guessed it, her boss Glenn is a member of the RIA and a real estate investor. Okay, just one more, just one more. Leslie and Jared Gossett, 20-something newlyweds. They were given a plan. All right, kids, here's your plan. You will go to high school, you will study, you will graduate, you will get a degree. You will go to college, you will study, you will graduate, you will get a degree, you'll go get a job, you'll work your way through your job and career until you retire. That's the plan. I was given a similar plan. Probably many of you were given a similar plan. Then they sat in the same chairs you guys are sitting in right now, went through the same training you guys are going through right now. And at the end of the training, these 20-something-year-old kids, they kind of scratched their heads and they said, ooh, maybe there's another plan. So what did they do? They joined the RIA and they partnered on two deals in two months, made $100,000. I partnered with them. Remember we talked about that? Two deals in two months made $100,000. And after these 20-something-year-old kids made $100,000 partnering on two deals in two months, they scratched their heads again. And they said, ooh, we like that plan. We like that plan a lot. So what do you think they did next? Yeah, 35 more. On average, netting, netting is how much you have left after all expenses. On average, netting, 40000 a house. Let me do the math for you. These 20-something-year-old workforce dropouts netted a cool 1.2 million bucks getting started on their plan B. Not bad for a couple 20-somethings working on a plan B. They're now real estate investors. So I'm not going to go through the rest of these stories. I think I've made my point. But the, the thing is, look, if, if you're invited to be part of a large, local, long-standing community of real estate investors, if you're given access to off-market wholesale real estate to buy, if you're given access to the financing to purchase those properties and the contractors and power teams and resources to fix those properties and flip those properties, if you're given the most advanced training on this planet Earth on exactly how to do all of this right here, right now, using the strategies and techniques and campaigns and closes and procedures and power teams that have been assembled for over two decades on how to do this right here, right now. If people within the community, such as myself, even offer to partner on deals with you and then split the profits with you, let me ask you guys a question. Can I cross out the fear? This is the interactive part of the presentation. Yes? Okay, I'm going to cross out the fear. So another question. Who would like a little help getting up on this slide? Who would like a little help getting started? Yes? Okay, well, that's what they sent me up here for, so let's get started. Um, I got started in real estate on December 15, 2003. That's the day I did my very first deal. I've uh, been involved in about 1,200 since then. I'll show you some of the deals that I did that made me some money. I uh, did a renovation on a street called uh, Tin Burnham. I flipped a house on a street called uh, Corsair. 
I uh, did a renovation I kept as a rental property. I did an equity partnering deal. Then I did a short sale I kept as a homestead followed by an auction option. I did another flip and another uh, short sale. I bought a property subject to. We're going to talk about that and kept it as a rental property. Uh, more short sales, more assignments, more renovations. You know, I'm just going to speed this up because we're going to be here all night. Uh, more flips, more rental properties, more short sales, more assignments, uh, more wholesales, more renovations, short sales. Let me speed this up a whole lot. Uh, renovations, flips, short sales, assignments, wholesales. Um, All right, so what's the bottom line? Uh, I do approximately a real estate transaction a week in some shape, form, variety, or another. And what that does is it creates money in big chunks. Now, that sounds good, doesn't it? But I'm not here to sound good. I'm here to teach you guys. So what does this mean, and how does this business fundamentally work? The way this business fundamentally works is as follows. We do marketing. We do things to get people with problems to call us, to find people with problems. Now, most people are thinking, I don't want any problem. Okay, if you're thinking, I don't want any problem, you're thinking, I don't want to be a real estate investor. I don't want to be an entrepreneur. That's what all entrepreneurs have in common. Entrepreneurs help the world by solving the world's problems. During the Great Frickin' Depression, do you know per capita during the Great Depression, there were more millionaires created, multimillionaires during the Great Depression per capita than in any other era in our history? Why do you think that was? The Great Depression was the great opportunity, right? And you have to think about problems as opportunities. So let's get specific. Let me give you some specific examples. Found somebody facing foreclosure. A lot of that going on uh, after the pandemic. Uh, big problem, big problem. Uh, and I gave that person a, an alternative. And now something called a short sale allowed them to sell the property without having to bring money to the table without completely destroying their life and their credit. And I made $16,000 helping somebody solve their problem. REO stands for real estate owned, bank owned property. Banks do not like to own real estate. They're not in the real estate business. So I took this property off the bank's hands. That solved the bank's problem. Fixed it, flipped it, made 36000 Guy had an interesting legal problem. Uh, by court order, he had to sell a house by Friday, got under contract, wholesaled it, made $5,000, got property subject to, no money, no credit, fixed it, flipped it, made $68,5600 on an assignment, $6,000 on a mortgage assignment, $10,000 on a wholesale, $2,800 on a small referral, $12,400 for a large referral. The way this business fundamentally works is as follows. We do marketing to get people with problems to call us to find people with problems, right? And here's the really beautiful part. For every single different type of problem and situation that exists, we have a solution. A solution that helps them is about helping people solves the problem and gets us paid. We can help motivated sellers. We can help non-motivated sellers. We can help people that own their houses free and clear. We can help people that are hopelessly underwater where they owe more money than the house is even worth. We can help them. We can solve the problem. We can get paid. Sometimes we get singles. Sometimes we get doubles. Sometimes we get home runs. Sometimes I work on a lead, a deal, an opportunity, a problem for six months. And after six months, I make $5,000. And I'm like, oh, man, six months, $5,000. I could have made more money working at Walmart. Thank goodness I'm not working on just one lead at a time. Sometimes my phone rings and that phone call makes me $55,000 in 48 hours. And I'm like, oh man, I wish every time my phone rang, I made $55,000 in 48 hours. But that's not how it works either. That's maybe one out of 100 phone calls. 
So the question is, how, 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 how often do you get 100 phone calls? Do you get 100 phone calls a week? Do you get 100 phone calls a month? Do you get 100 phone calls a year? Well, that depends on how much marketing that you do. There's two essential skills you have to learn to be a real estate investor. I'm going to teach you these skills right now. The first and foremost skill is marketing. Marketing is finding the deal, generating the lead. Leads is the name number of somebody that might want to sell real estate. You have to spend 85% of your time and or money on marketing, finding the deal, generating the lead, outsource everything else. Next skill we have to learn is strategy. Strategy is the product, the service that we offer. We buy houses, we help people sell houses, get rid of houses and mortgages that they don't want or can't afford anymore. We do it in a variety of different ways. It solves a variety of different problems. So these are the two skills I'm going to teach you right now. Marketing and strategy, finding deals, doing deals, finding problems, solving problems. We use 65 tested, proven, perfected, refined methods here in Texas of finding off-market wholesale properties. We use a dozen different strategies, tested, perfected, refined strategies to help people solve the problems and get ourselves paid. So, by the way, half the marketing methods are completely free. And nine of the 12 investing strategies are actually no money, no credit strategies. When you learn how to buy, own, and control real estate with no money and no credit, how many properties can you buy? All of them, right? Scale. Everything about this thing is scale. You want to make a lot of money in this business, you have to do it in scalable ways. You have to think about what would keep me from doing a thousand deals, right? If, if you're doing all the work yourself, that's not going to work. If you're using all your own money, that's not going to work. If you're expecting your own power teams to handle all that, that's not going to work, right? You have to think about scale. All right. So marketing and strategy, finding deals, doing deals, finding problems, solving problems. Let's get started with the marketing. Uh, actually, first, I'm going to tell you a quick story. This was my very first flip. This was the very first house I sold and I bought and sold. Uh, and I flipped this house on December 15th, 2003. And I'll tell you a little story. On December 14th, 2003, honestly, I was scared to death. I was actually being coached and mentored by the two guys who ran the Real Estate Investor Association back then, one named Bob Guest and the other named Rudy Gutierrez. And I called both Bob and Rudy on the phone on December 14, 2003. I'm scared. I don't want to lose any money. Are you guys sure this is going to work? Yeah, it took two seasoned, experienced real estate investors pulling me over the starting blocks to get me to do that very first deal. So if you're a little scared, I get it. I can relate and I can help. But I had one other thing that was actually also motivating me to move forward at that time in my life. I was in a job I no longer loved, and I was in a career that I no longer loved. And I'm going to tell you, if you're spending your time doing something you don't love doing, you need a do something different with your life plan. And that's exactly where I was on December 15, 2003. I needed a different life. So let me tell you just a little bit more about that very first deal. Your very first deal, in so many ways, is your most important deal. It's kind of like your first kiss, right? Everybody remembers their first kiss, life-changing experience. Everybody remembers their first deal. Let me tell you about mine. It took me six months to find my first deal. I was actually an unusually slow starter. Got it under contract with a contract that I got right here at the RIA. Bought it using OPM, other people's money. A private money lender here at the RIA loaned me the money. Got a contractor here at the RIA to fix it. Got a realtor here at the RIA to sell it. Got an attorney and title company right here at the RIA to close it. And I went to that very first closing. 
and I picked up that very first check for $15,384.26. You know, when they handed me that check, it was like you unscrewed the cap, popped out the old brain, then popped in the new brain. You see, right until the moment that they handed me that check, I was a real estate investor based on theory. And I wasn't even sure I believed the theory. I don't know if this is going to work. I'm not sure about that. I don't know about this other thing. But the second that they handed me that check, I didn't know anything different except that I knew it actually worked. And like a switch flipping, instantly I became a real estate investor based on experience. And what I realized when they handed me that check is if I did this and this and this again, I'd get another check. It worked the first time, right? And if I did this, this, and this again, I'd get another check. If I did this, this, and this again, I'd get another check. But the really big deal... What I realized when they handed me that check right at that moment, I realized that I would never, ever, 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 ever for the rest of my life, ever have to work for somebody else. Ever, 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 never, ever again. Yeah, and I have not worked for anybody else even for one second since they handed me that very first check. So if you're just getting started, here's my first piece of advice. You need to focus your energy like a laser beam on that very first deal. Because that very first deal will change your life, mostly by changing your mindset. Deals two, three, four, five, and six gets easier and easier and easier. Combined, not as hard as deal number one. So I told you I was going to tell you what I did right. I'm also going to tell you what I did wrong. I did make one big mistake right out of the chute. I spent all that time uh, looking for that deal and finding the deal. I found the deal. I got it under contract and, and, and bought the property. I uh, rolled up my sleeves, started picking up hammers. Uh, and as soon as I started working on that deal, after I bought that deal, I put my marking on hold so I could pick up some hammers and, and, and manage that project and make all the money I could off of that project. Then I finished the project, I sold the house, got my check, only to wake up the next day and realize I had absolutely nothing to do except start the whole business all over again. And that gets me to my very first takeaway. And this is it, and this is the big one. The business of being a real estate investor is the business of finding deals. It's all about finding deals. Why? Because you make your money on the buy. What does that mean? As soon as you get a property under contract, whatever money was going to be made or not made on that deal, it's done right there. Yeah, you get the money at the end on the sale, but you make the money on the buy. You always have to spend 85% of your time and or money on marketing, looking for the next deal. And you have to always approach this business such that the next deal is always more important than the deal you have now. If you don't approach the business this way, here's what happens. You do a deal, you make some money, great, but then you stopped your marketing. So eventually you reset the marketing, eventually you get it going again. You find another deal, you do a deal, you make some money, great, but you stop the marketing. So you reset the marketing, eventually you get it going again. You find another deal, do a deal, make some money, great, but you stop the marketing. And the income goes like this, up and then down, and then up and then down, and then up and down, right? This is the rookie roller coaster, right? You need your income to go up, 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 up. And the only way to do that is you have to keep that pipeline constantly filled with deals. And the only way to do that is to always spend 85% of your time and or money on marketing, looking for the next deal with the attitude that the next deal is always more important than the deal you have now. And hint, the deals you are looking for are not in the MLS. The MLS is the multiple listing service. 
It's the retail market for real estate. It's where realtors sell real estate. It's where all the people in the world compete with each other to see who will pay the most. And I hate to say it, but when you're competing against all the people in the world, some of those people are stupid. And you don't want to compete against stupid. At least you don't want to win competing against stupid. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. I love the MLS. I adore the MLS. Why do I love and adore the MLS? Because after I buy off-market wholesale real estate, where do I then want to sell it? On the MLS, because it's been proven that any property sold in the MLS will sell for the most that it could be possibly sold for. That's just never where you're going to find heavily discounted real estate. So finding deals, finding deals. Once I realized this whole shooting match is really just about finding deals, then I started to systematize the process of finding deals. And over time, developed 65 different strategies for finding deals. Actually, it's not totally accurate to say I developed 65 strategies. So what would probably be more accurate is to say I found 65 things that work and I started to do those things. In fact, I need to teach you all a really important lesson, maybe the most important lesson that I'm going to teach you tonight. But when I teach you this next lesson, before I teach you this next lesson, first I need to unteach you all something. Okay, so first we've got to unteach you all something. When you guys are in elementary school, if you looked over the paper next to you and you copied down the answers, that was called what? That's called cheating. And you're all told that cheating is what? Bad. Wrong. Okay, we're not a bunch of little kids. We're not in elementary school anymore. I need you all to unlearn that one because going forward, guess what? Yeah, cheating is a shortcut. Are you kidding me? What am I saying up here? What I'm trying to say is this. There's nothing that you are trying to do. There is absolutely nothing that you are trying to figure out that I and other people haven't already done and figured out. Everything, and I mean everything, and I mean absolutely everything about this business is completely understood. We know what's in the soil. We know the zoning. We know the freaking guys who write the zoning. We know the appreciation rate by street address in all the major metropolitan cities across the state of Texas. We know the exact letters to send to the exact mailing list. We know the exact words to say. We know exactly how to overcome the objections. We even know how many contracts we're going to get signed for every thousand letters that get sent out. Everything, and I mean everything, and I mean absolutely everything about this business is completely understood. And once I realized that everything I was trying to do and everything I was trying to figure out, other people had done and figured out, I stopped trying to figure it all out and I just started to copy, so copy the top 65 tested, proven, proven methods to find off-market wholesale properties. Now, some of these methods, campaigns, take time. Some of these methods and campaigns take money. When you get started, you probably have more time and less money. Once you get going, you have more money and less time. I will admit, I don't spend any time at all anymore on marketing. I outsource 100%. But when you're uh, getting started, you're probably going to insource more. So what are all these different marketing methods? Well, let me teach you a whole bunch. First set of strategies has to do with direct mail. This is sending letters and postcards to lists of people with problems. Right? and uh, saying, I can help solve your problems. And some of them will call you back. Right? Uh, those are called leads. Uh, they tell you what their problem is. We have a solution for every possible problem that exists, and we give them the solution, and some of them say yes. Right? And those are called deals. So you can get mailing lists 
of people with problems. So for example, people that didn't pay their property taxes, people that are late paying their mortgage, 30, 60, or 90 days late paying their mortgage, people that have filed for divorce, two people were combining their income to pay a mortgage, now one of them's gone. Well, the one that's left is probably having trouble paying the mortgage by themselves. You get a list of people who've inherited a house from somebody that passed away, people whose credit scores just fell 300 points, people that just got dismissed from bankruptcy, certainly a lot of financial distress there. You can get a non-owner occupied list. There's a list of people that own a house where they don't live at the address of the house. Technically, they're landlords, and a lot of them are what we call accidental landlords. They moved away, they let an ex-spouse or family member or friend or neighbor stay in a house, or they inherited a house with a tenant in it. They didn't really set out in life to become a real estate investor. They ended up one, and eventually they'd probably become a motivated seller. You get a list of people who rent to people in public assistance. You get a code enforcement list. The city is already driving around. Did you know that? Issuing citations for abandoned houses, hoarder houses, deferred maintenance houses. You can get the city to share that big list with you. You can even get an expired listing list. This is a list of people who hired a realtor, tried to sell their house for a long time, and it didn't sell. So what do we know about these people? 100% of these people would like to sell their house, probably now more than ever. But they need solutions that realtors don't offer. Well, hello, that's what investors do offer. So if you send letters and postcards to these lists of people with problems, some of them will call you back. Hey, those are called leads. When they tell you their problem, you solve the problem, we have a solution for every problem. Some of them will say yes, and those are called deals. With a website, you can get leads on the internet, bandit signs, 18 by 24 inch plastic signs. You see them along the side of the road. You know, we buy houses. Why do you see those signs all along the side of the road? They actually work, yeah. Newspaper ads still work. Email autoresponders, magnetic sign. It's a little sign on the side of your car, right? You put the sign on there uh, once and you get leads for the rest of your life. Door hangers, you don't want to pay the postage for 10 cents a door. You can have a door hanger put on every door in the neighborhood. Here's one that's pretty much free. Driving for dollars. Sometimes I'm driving around and I see a tarp on a roof. You know, they might as well be waving a big, big, big red flag. Desperate motivated seller, please buy my house. I mean, think about this. Somebody's most valuable asset, a house, has a serious problem, a leak, and their solution was to do what? Go buy a $5 tarp at Home Depot? How come they didn't fix the roof? No money. Same guy that's not fixing the roofs, not paying his insurance, not paying his mortgage, not paying his taxes. Sooner or later, an investor is going to pick up that deal. What are the other marketing strategies? Oh, wait, we have a special announcement, special announcement. Yeah, I, 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 I announced this earlier. A workshop coming up in Dallas, Houston, and uh, Central Texas. Live training workshop, and uh, I'm going to be teaching this myself. We call this Texans Teaching Texans. How to Invest in Texas, practical, actionable, details, step-by-step. Step. I've even invited a whole bunch of Texans uh, that learned how to invest in Texas at this workshop to come back. We're going to do a property tour. We call that experiential learning. The best way to learn in the world is experiential learning. Real estate, as it turns out, is not that complicated. Uh, and the reason I say that is I know real estate's not that complicated. Uh, I went to engineering school. That was complicated. I had to take calculus and calculus two and calculus three, and by the time I took calculus three, I'd remember calculus one and two. It was really, really complicated. I've never had to solve a differential equation to flip a house. Not that complicated. But unlike engineering and calculus, it's a mile deep. The thing about real estate, it's a mile wide. There's a million little details. 
right? It's, it's, it's really, it's like you fill in a contract. There's just 60 different things just on the contract. It's really more like learning a language than, than learning a skill. But of course, you can't learn a language from reading a book, right? They say, you know, if reading books turn people to millionaires, yeah, the libraries would be filled with millionaires. They're not, right? And, and the reason it doesn't help that much to read books about real estate is because it's like learning a language. It's not complicated. It's just a million little details. It was actually not until Chanoa and I, my wife and I, joined the Real Estate Investor Association and started surrounding ourselves with real estate investors, right, and getting training from local experts that we started picking up with enough details. So in any way, we call that experiential learning, learning from the experiences of others, and we're actually inviting a bunch of people that learned how to invest in real estate here at Texas Rias to come back, and we're going to do a property tour during the workshop. So literally, we're going to have people walking through houses with cameras going, showing you how they found the deal, negotiated the deal, financed the deal, decisions they made, exit strategies, money they made, then we'll do Q&A uh, so you can ask questions from real Texas investors about how to invest in Texas. Oh, and did I mention it is free. So again, I will put the dates up at the end again, but I'm going to tease you guys by saying we're coming to Dallas, Houston, and Central Texas on these dates, and uh, you can come and join us live and in person, uh, or you can join us uh, through our simulcast as well. Great thing to do is get some training and it's free. So <clears throat> what are the other marketing strategies? Letters of intent. Let's talk about letters of intent. What is a letter of intent? It's an offer. Who should you just send an offer to? And the answer, everybody. I'm going to give you your first homework assignment. Here's your first homework assignment. Tomorrow, I want you to send 200 people an offer on their house. I'm not laughing. Here's how investors think. Ready, fire, aim. You make the offer, and then you negotiate. You make the offer, and then you look for your money. You make the offer, and then you do your due diligence. You make the offer, and then you think about it. You should make everybody an offer. Why not? Do you know here in Texas, when you make somebody an offer, do you know you get four different options? You might want to write them down. Option number one, you can buy a house. You now have an opportunity you didn't have before. It's called taking a shot. If you take enough shots on goal, you know what's going to happen? Some of them are going to go in. Even if you suck, some of them are going to go in. And with practice, you get better. Right? That's option number one. Option number two, you can terminate the contract. Did you know that? The Texas state promulgated contract gives the buyer the unilateral right to just rip it up and walk away. No harm, no foul. Option number three, you can renegotiate the contract. You all know it's much, much, much easier to renegotiate than it is to negotiate, especially when everybody that calls you back is saying they might want to sell, i.e. they want to negotiate. Option number four, you can sell the contract to somebody else that has money. Notice only one of those four options required you to come up with any money and to buy a house. Just make offers. Give yourself options. Take a lot of shots on goal. There's absolutely no risk, no harm. Do it. Business cards, uh, FISBO for sale by owner. This is cold calling. People trying to sell their own houses. A lot of them are crazy. A lot of them are lazy. A lot of them need solutions. Realtors don't offer. Well, hello. That's what investors do offer. Mass media, television, radio, billboards, expensive but effective, especially when you do it with others. Pass referrals, other investors. Sometimes the best way to find a deal 
is to get other investors to find the deal for you. By the way, do you all know what I'm doing up here right now? Anybody figure that out yet? What do you think I am doing right now? You got it. Marketing. It's called marketing. You're welcome. Thank you. Marketing. I will guesstimate, based on the number of people that are watching me online and watching me in, 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 in live in this room, I will guesstimate that sometime over the next 12 months, I will partner on no less than one, two, three deals with somebody who's listening to me right now. Uh, average net profit on a deal, 40 grand, my share 20 grand, means as a result of the presentation I'm giving right now, I should be able to put an extra 20 plus 20 plus 20, an extra $60,000 in my pocket sometime over the next 12 months as a result of the presentation I'm giving right now. Not bad. Better than a poke in the eye with a stick, wouldn't you all agree? And by the way, you can all do exactly the same thing. Because there's people in this room and there's people in this network that have deals that are looking for money. There's people in this room and there's people in the network that have money that are looking for deals. Some people want buy and hold, some people want fix and flip. Some people want short sales, some people want wholesale. Some people want Austin, some people want San Antonio, some people want Houston, some people want Dallas, some people want El Paso. All of the members of this community, by the way, are all interconnected through an online network. Do you know that multiple times a day and thousands and thousands and thousands of times over the last decade, the members of this community post their deals, questions, offers, referrals, back and forth over that network. I said earlier, guys, you're not gonna find your deal in the MLS. That's ridiculous. That's the retail marketplace. That's the retail pond. That's the pond with the small fish. You guys need to fish in the wholesale pond. Okay, that's the pond with the big fish. So then where's the wholesale pond? You're sitting in it. Yes, a large network of real estate investors wholesaling, horse trading, right? Resources and, and deals and leads back and forth. Welcome to the wholesale marketplace. Okay, realtors, let's have the talk. I love realtors. My friends are realtors. Uh, realtors are great. Realtors are swell. I'm not a realtor. Um, but I got to say, um, when realtors go to realtor school, and they take all the training they have to take to become realtors, they watch all the videos, they attend all the classes, they get all the tests, not a single test question they're given, not a single class they attend, not a single book they read, not a single video they watch, has anything at all, in any way, shape, or form whatsoever to do with wholesale real estate. So let me ask you guys a question. Are we here to buy wholesale or are we here to buy retail? Wholesale. So what's the problem? Here's the problem. Every day across the fruited plain, people wake up and they watch one of those stupid flip the house shows on TV. And the conversation at home goes down something like this. Honey, honey, we need to become real estate investors. Okay, great. What do we need to do? I don't know. I guess we need to go buy a house. Okay, great. How do we do that? I don't know. I guess we should call a realtor. See, now you got this brand new real estate investor who has no idea what they're doing calling up a realtor who knows absolutely nothing about wholesale real estate. It is a perfect, if not textbook, example of the blind leading the blind. And they can both waste incredible amounts of each other's time until somebody figures it out. You're not going to find a deal with the help of a realtor. Realtors sell houses in the MLS, which by definition is the retail pot. You have to fish in the wholesale pond. You have to go do your own direct marketing direct to the problem. Now, after we buy, 
off-market wholesale properties, then what do I want you to do? Call the realtor and have the realtor sell it for you because that's what realtors are great at. Realtors are the world's foremost experts at retail real estate. We buy wholesale, we sell retail. Okay, HUD scenarios, another common rookie mistake. REO stands for real estate owned, bank owned property, right? <clears throat> Foreclosures. And rookies hear the word foreclosure and they're like, ooh, foreclosure's a deal, foreclosure's a deal. Yeah, uh, no, it's not. A foreclosure is just a house being sold by a banker. Are bankers desperate, motivated sellers? No. When a banker wants to sell one of their foreclosure houses, you know what they do? <laughs> they call a realtor. It's called an REO realtor. They say, stick it on the MLS and bring me the idiot that pays the most. I don't want that to be any of you. Okay, we don't buy those. We buy pre-foreclosures before they go back to the bank. So how do you buy pre-foreclosures? Fish in the wholesale market, do direct marketing to the problem. Or here's another idea. On the first Tuesday of the month, rain, shine, holiday or not, everybody that didn't pay their mortgage gets auctioned off at the county courthouse steps, at every county courthouse in the state. And do you know that you can get a list of all the houses going to the auction, and you can actually go up and knock on their door, and very often you can buy the house before the auction for less than it would even sell at the auction. Why? Because you're not bidding against 300 other people. Okay, wholesalers, let's have the talk. I love wholesalers. There's nothing wrong with wholesaling. There's a lot of horse trading and wholesaling that goes on within a real estate organization, within a real estate network. But we always issue a little warning to go along with it. And the warning is this. Nobody will love your money more than you. Okay? You have to always do your own due diligence. You have to always do your own due diligence. We'll talk about that. When a wholesaler sends you a deal and they say, this house is worth $100,000, when it's, when it's going to be resold, it'll be worth $100,000, how much is it going to be worth when you resell it? 80 max. When a wholesaler says, oh, this house needs 20000 in repairs, how much is it going to cost you to repair? 40 minimum. When a wholesaler says, ooh, it's your lucky day for a $5,000 non-refundable non deposit, this lucky deal could be yours. You put down that $5,000 non-refundable deposit, I guarantee, with about a 19 out of 20 chance that I'm right, because I've been doing this for a long time, you will be losing a lot of money well beyond the 5000 that you got started with. It is fiction, folks. Please do not believe fiction for a moment. When a wholesaler sends me a deal, I briefly look at all their numbers, and then I throw the numbers in the trash. And then I run my own numbers. And the only reason I even looked at the numbers before I threw them in the trash is I kind of want to know how much they were lying to me when I compare it to the real numbers. So I'm feeling kind of strongly about this. I'm going to use some kind of strong words here. Look, here's the thing. It would be really, really stupid to ever buy real estate based on the information about the real estate being provided to you by the person trying to sell the real estate to you. Don't do that. I said earlier, your first deal is your most important deal, and that's true. But if you lose money on your very first deal at the end of that deal, 100% of your real estate investing experience will have been bad, and you'll probably never come back for more. Don't do that. So you have to run your own numbers. That means you have to use independently sourced data on what properties are worth and what the repairs are. If you don't know how to do that, 
don't worry, we will train you on how to do that. But it is very important, right, that you do that. I don't want any of you losing money. Okay, in the stock market, insider trading is illegal. Okay, in the real estate business, it's advised. In fact, it would be really stupid to ever buy real estate, right, speculatively. We know what things are worth before we buy them. We have all the data and analysis to prove it. There's no need to gamble. You're just trying to find the deals that are guaranteed to be below market value. Bird dogs, Craigslist, social media, etc. Why so many different marketing methods? Well, would you rather fish with a hook? Or would you rather fish with a net? You need to learn to fish with a net. And the reason for that is because this business is a numbers game. And now I'm going to teach you the numbers. I'm going to teach you something right now that it took me two years of hard work in the trenches to figure out. So I'm going to shave two years of your learning curve off right now. By 2005, I had been a real estate investor for two years. And I calculated in my first two years, I generated about 400 leads. A lead is just the name and number of somebody that might uh, want to sell real estate. So I was talking to somebody every couple of days, and then I did the math. And here's what I discovered. As a rookie, very conservatively, for every $100 I spent on paid marketing, things like direct mail, I got one qualified motivated seller lead. As a rookie, very conservatively, for every three hours I spent on personal marketing, this is free marketing, things like driving for dollars, I got one qualified motivated seller lead. And I discovered very conservatively, as a rookie, on average, for every 20 leads I got, I made at least $20,000 net profit on a deal. So let me run the numbers for you. That means as a rookie, every time I drove around for 60 hours, I made at least 20,000 net profit. That means as a rookie, Every time I sent out $2,000 in direct mail, I made at least $20,000 net profit. Spend $2,000, make $20. Spend $2,000, make $20. Spend $4,000, make $40. Spend $8,000, make $80. Spend $16,000, make $160. Spend $32,000. You don't have to spend it all at once, by the way. Make $320,000 net profit. Are you starting to like the numbers? Yeah? It took me two years, two years of hard work to figure that out. But after two years in the trenches, what I realized is, holy cow, this whole business is just a numbers game. And now I know the numbers. I started to think about this business in a completely different way. I now see my business like it's a little black box. And we're gonna call that little black box a marketing machine. And the way that little black box works is every time I stick $100 worth of marketing in one end, Eventually, $1,000 worth of net profit pops out the other end. Now, if you had a little black box, and every time you shoved a $100 bill in one end, a $1,000 bill popped out the other end, how many dollars would you stick in the box? All of them. And I started spending money on marketing like a drunken sailor because I finally knew the numbers. I started spending thousands and then ultimately tens of thousands of dollars a month on marketing because I finally knew the numbers. Sometime later, I actually wrote a book on how to do real estate investing here in Texas. We're not selling any books tonight, but I will repeat something I said earlier. There's nothing you're trying to do. There's absolutely nothing that you're trying to figure out that I and other people haven't done and figured out. Watch the shortcut, copy stuff that's been figured out. Okay, so we are right at the halfway point in this presentation. Uh, and I said at the beginning of this presentation, my job is to make you into educated contributing members of this community. 
And uh, we really, really want you to be educated and contributing. We have meetings all over the state of Texas for Texas RIAs. We always have new people. I see some new people here tonight. And, the, and, and we call the new people tourists. Nothing wrong with that, right? They're just checking it out. Oh, real estate sounds interesting. What's going on over there, right? So we call the new people tourists. But we figured out something a long time ago here at the RIA. Nobody makes any money being a tourist. Nobody makes any money just checking it out. We want people that are active, right? Finding deals, partnering on deals, buying, selling, horse trading, et cetera. So we want people to actually do stuff. But unfortunately, I can't turn somebody into a real estate investor in 45 minutes. If I figured out how to sprinkle pixie dust on somebody's head and turn them into a real estate investor in 45 minutes, yeah, that would be awesome. I can't do that. But I can, and I have, on numerous occasions, turn people into real estate investors, like real real estate investors, after about 24 hours, or maybe more accurately, 24 hours spread out over three days going through all the nitty-gritty details of how this business works. So that's something we do here at the RIA. The RIA sponsors the Texas Real Estate Investor Workshop. I teach this myself, like I mentioned before, practical, actionable, detailed, step-by-step training. One thing we do not do here is we don't teach people to be one-trick ponies. We teach all 12 strategies that are legal and used here in Texas. We teach all 65 tested, proven ways to find these off-market wholesale properties. We even teach 10 different closes. I'm going to demonstrate that in a few minutes. Closes are literally the exact words you say to get somebody to sign your contract, accept your solution to their problem, your offer on their property. You're going to learn how you can partner with me. We like that. Remember that. Uh, and other local experts and how to get funding to fund your deals. Thousands, and I mean thousands, of successful Texas real estate investors have launched their real estate investing careers at this workshop, The Real Deal, Texans Teach and Texans How to Invest in Texas. So it is coming up live and in person. I talked about it before, and you can actually get it by going to that link that I just passed. Oh, there it is again. Okay, TexasStarterKit.com. I'll tell you more about that later, but you might want to write that down and go to that later. We've created this really cool starter kit that includes like everything you need to get started. Obviously, it includes tickets to the workshop. We also have a money resource guide. We also have a training program, and we have something we call a blueprint generator. You answer some questions, and it spits out a personalized business plan to you. All of you are different. Some of you do want to do this full-time, some part-time, some active, some passive, some residential, some commercial. Some of you are just getting started. Some of you are already started. You're all different, kind of where you're starting, what your goals are. We actually have this little blueprint thing where you fill out a survey, and it'll spit out a personalized business plan. Then you come to the workshop, and you learn how to actually uh, do that. And access to the online market uh, where you can post your questions, interact with the community, get access to deals. So all that is part of the starter kit. We have workshops coming up. That's why I'm mentioning it right now. And I will put that link up at the very, very end as well. But we have to get back now to our training because we're right in the middle of talking about what we're going to learn. Oh, one other thing. Uh, Let me just mention this, a little bonus. Um, We also have a whole parallel track. We also have the Texas Commercial Real Estate Investing Workshop. How many, I'm just curious, how many of you might be interested in commercial real estate? Let me see a show of hands. Okay, wow, a lot of you. Commercial's different. Commercial deals are multi-million dollar deals. We have a crowdfunding platform with over a thousand sophisticated and credit investors. We can literally fund multi-million dollar deals typically in under 14 days. That gives our RIA members that want to do commercial a competitive advantage. But with your commercial real estate, 
you're really buying and selling businesses. The value of the properties is a function of how much income they generate. It's, it's different than residential. So we have a commercial workshop. We consider this kind of a part two. It's a more advanced workshop, even though the residential workshop is also advanced. But if you're interested in commercial real estate, um, then come to the residential workshop. And then if you'd like, you can then come to the commercial workshop. Now, if you're already an experienced real residential ex investor, you might want to come directly to the commercial workshop. Um, but I'm going to tell you, it's, it's, it's expecting the commercial workshop expects you to already have experience and or training. So if you've never done real estate, you got to come to the residential one first. If you are experienced and or have been to the residential one, you're welcome to come to the commercial one. The commercial one at the moment is also free. So that's pretty cool as well. And that's coming up at the end of August. So if you're really, really into it, you can come to the residential first and the commercial right after that. And so we do from time to time a commercial workshop as well. Okay. So we talked about fear, right? Cross that out. And then we talked about marketing, finding deals, cross that one out. Now let's go on to doing deals. How do you actually do the deals? Uh, and that's strategy. So marketing, check. Let's get into the strategy. And this is kind of my favorite thing to teach. How does it actually work? So let's get into the strategy. There's thousands of books and tapes out there that teach people how to invest in real estate. Uh, and you can certainly spend a lot of time and money on training and education. My wife, you can learn, you're learning how to do short sales. You can go to workshops and read books and watch videos on how to do buy and hold, how to do uh, mortgage assignments, auction options, how to do referrals, uh, how to do wholesaling, how to do contracts for deeds, lease options, uh, how to do house swapping, wraparound mortgages, equity partnering, and of course, how to do fix and flip. And my wife and I have actually spent over $100,000 on training, coaching, seminars, books, tapes, et cetera. Most of it was great. Some of it was not great. It all sounded great. But I don't feel bad about spending over $100,000 on my education because we've actually made many millions of dollars from our education. But I do have a little pet peeve at how most people teach and how most people get started. Because when you look at all of these different investing strategies, here's the good news. They all work. All of these things can make you money investing in real estate. The bad news is that they each only work in unique situations. Each one of these strategies is the solution to a specific problem or situation. But remember what I said earlier, your job one is what? Marketing, finding the deal. So here's a brand new investor hunting for his first deal. Maybe he's sending out some letters and he gets a lead. A lead is the name and number of somebody that might want to sell real estate. Well, if this guy had attended the right workshop, gotten the right training, he would have learned how to help this seller solve their problem by doing something called a wraparound mortgage. That's the proper solution to this seller's problem. But that's not the training he got. He just went to one of those silly wholesale seminars, and all he learned how to do was wholesaling. So he's looking for a wholesale deal. Didn't find a wholesale deal. Found a wrap deal. Doesn't know how to do that. Can't help that seller. Can't make any money on that lead. So what does he do? He does some more marketing. Now, if he only knew how to do a mortgage assignment, he could help a seller solve a problem, get himself paid, but he doesn't know how to do a mortgage assignment because all he did is went to one of those silly wholesale seminars. He learned how to do wholesaling, and so he's looking for a wholesale deal. Didn't find one. Find a mortgage assignment deal. Doesn't know how to do that. Can't make money on that lead. So what does he do? He does some more marketing, generates another lead. Now, if he only knew how to do an auction option, he could solve a big problem and get a big check. 
but he doesn't know how to do that because all he learned how to do was wholesaling and he's looking for a wholesale deal. Are you starting to see a problem? This is the problem. There's 30,000 books and tapes and seminars out there that teach people how to get started investing in real estate. What they pretty much all say is you need to get started by learning one strategy and this is the best one. No, this is the best one. No, this is the best one. Well, whatever, you need to pick a strategy, learn that strategy, make money on that strategy, and then after you learn how to make money on that strategy, then maybe later you can learn some of the other strategies. And it sounds pretty good and it feels pretty good, but forgive my language when I say this, that is a completely ass-backwards way to go about this. Saying that you need to get started by learning one strategy and learn how to make money on one strategy before you learn the other strategy, that's kind of like saying you need to go to Las Vegas and learn how to bet on one number on the roulette wheel. And after you make enough money betting over and over and over again on that one number on the roulette wheel, well then later on you can learn how the other numbers work. Well that's ridiculous. And yet that's how 95% of real estate investors get started investing in real estate. And is it no surprise that 95% of real estate investors give up before they ever get going investing in real estate? And about 99% of wholesalers. So let's have that talk. Wholesaling. Look, there's nothing wrong with wholesaling. Wholesaling is one of the 12 strategies that we use and we teach. In fact, it's the easiest one to teach. The problem with wholesaling is it's the hardest one to do that makes the least amount of money. So when somebody says, I'm going to get started investing in real estate by focusing on wholesaling, here's what I'm hearing. I'm going to focus my energy on doing something with a one in 100 chance of making me a real estate investor. Because if the thing that you do, right, doesn't make you enough money to make it worth doing, you're going to stop doing it before you ever get going. And literally 99% of the people that get started wholesaling give up before they ever get going. Because even though it's the easiest thing to learn and the easiest thing to teach, it's the hardest thing to do that makes the least amount of money. So I'm going to show you how the top 5% of investors do it. My advice, play to be in the top 5% or don't bother because they make all the money. This is how I do it and this is how I'm going to teach you how to do it. I bet on all of the numbers on the wheel and then I spin the wheel a lot. What do I mean by I bet on all the numbers on the wheel? I teach all 12 strategies. I use all 12 strategies. Why not learn all 12 ways to fill out a contract? Why not learn all 12 ways to solve a problem? You spend time and money, it's called marketing, to get somebody with a problem to call you if there's a way to help them and solve the problem and get paid. You need to help them and solve the problem and get paid. And once you know all 12 strategies, we have a strategy, a solution for every problem that exists. There is no exception. Motivated sellers, non-motivated sellers, free and clear, hopelessly underwater. We have solutions that help them solve the problem and get us paid. That's betting on all the numbers on the wheel. And then what do you want to do next? You want to spin the wheel a lot. And what does that mean? Take a lot of shots. Do a lot of marketing. Look at a lot of deals. Give yourself a lot of opportunities. This is what the top 5% of investors do. Like I said, my advice, play to be the top 5% or don't bother. So how do you do that? You have to know all the strategies. Let's get into the strategies. Okay, actually, first I'm going to tell you another quick story. This was my first big deal. After I was a real estate investor for just over two years, I flipped this house and I actually made 291,000 net profit, pretty good profit flipping this house. But the more interesting part of the story is I was actually the eighth 
investor at bat. What does that mean? Seven other real estate investors looked at this deal before me and then passed on the deal. How's that possible? How could that happen? How could seven different real estate investors look at a deal and pass on a deal, an opportunity to make almost $300,000? How's that even possible? I'm going to tell you it's not just possible, it's typical. Let me tell you the rest of the story. First investor walks into this house, said, I'd love to buy your house, but your house is underwater. You owe more money than the house is worth. You can't even afford to sell me the house. Second investor walks into the house. I'd love to buy your house, but you're in bankruptcy. I can't buy a house from somebody in bankruptcy. Third investor walks into the house. Well, I can help you avoid a foreclosure by doing something called a short sale, but I can't do that while you're in bankruptcy. Plus, you have a mid-construction project here, and I just don't do mid-construction projects. I walked into this house. My, oh my, oh my. You have a lot of big problems here. Big problem means what? Big opportunity. It took one, two, three different strategies to solve this guy's problem. I solved the problem. I got the check. My competition was a bunch of one-trick ponies. Most of my competitors are a bunch of one-trick ponies. There's 30,000 books and tapes and seminars out there that teach people how to be one-trick ponies. One-trick ponies are annoying. They get in the way at times, but they don't last long. Guys, if you think you're going to find pretty houses and nice neighborhoods at big discounts just sitting out there waiting on hanging from trees for you, yeah, you're smoking crack. Okay, this is what opportunity looks like. A big pile of problems, right, with a nice pretty bow around it. I want a house where half the house burned down. I want a house that had a meth lab in the garage. I want a house that was flooded. I want a house that had mold. I want a house where somebody was murdered in the living room. There's a market for that. It's called a murder house. Yeah, I want a house where nobody in the right mind would touch that house because that's where I'm going to get my deal. Let me tell you another story. One of my students recently bought one of those $150,000 Teslas, paid cash for it. He calls it his air car. Air car. H-E-I-R, air car, somebody died without a will. But they did have 42 heirs. And everybody said, there's no way on God's green earth you're going to get 42 people to agree on something. Big problem. Well, he rolled up his sleeves, and it took a little time, but eventually he got 42 people to understand and agree that a little bit of something is a lot better than a whole lot of nothing. And now he's driving around in a $150,000 air car. Okay, problems are opportunities. Big problems are what? Big opportunities. So we need to find problems, right? And then, of course, we need to gather the specialized knowledge and resources to be able to solve these problems. And that's where strategy comes into play. So let's teach you some strategy. The first strategy I'm going to teach you tonight is wholesaling. It's the easiest one to teach, so I might as well teach you right now. How does this work? You simply find a property and get it under contract. How much money does it cost to get a property under contract? Nothing. I think we can all afford that, right? Now, after you get a property under contract, instead of buying the property, you're going to sell the contract, the right to buy the property. Right? You're going to sell the contract to another investor for a fee. How much? Five hundred to five thousand for a small deal, ten to twenty-five thousand for an average deal, twenty-five thousand dollars or more for a big deal. And this, my friends, is a no money, no risk strategy. Let me show you an example. I like to teach experientially 
I tell a lot of stories and case studies. Here's an example. This is Kimberly. She sat in the exact same chair as you guys are sitting in right here, right now. And uh, she came to the RIA a few years ago. She came to the workshop and, and learned how to invest. Uh, we taught her how to invest. And then she did this deal. And uh, she told me about this deal. And um, I want to share the story with you, kind of how this went down. Her mom was visiting her from out of town. So she's in the car with her mom. And her mom's like, Kim, where are we going? Oh, well, mom, we're going to get a house under contract. What? Are you crazy, Kim? You, you just graduated from college. You don't have any money. You don't have any credit. You don't even have a job. What do you mean you're getting a house under contract? Don't worry, mom. I know what I'm doing. Kim's mom watched Kim walk into this house and offer the seller $265,000 for his house. And he signed the contract on the spot. Now, obviously, they talked on the phone ahead of time. Obviously, he was a motivated seller. Kim then took that contract and she posted it out to the network multiple times a day, thousands and thousands and thousands of times over the last decade. The members of this community post their deals, offers, questions, referrals, resources back and forth over the network. So Kim posted this deal out to the network. And guess what? Several other members of the network wanted to buy that deal, that contract from Kim. And another member of the, uh, of the RIA uh, bought the contract, paid Kim $17,000 for the contract. Kim sold her contract for $17,000 to another member of the RIA. Now Kim is a believer. Well, actually, Kim was a believer. Now Kim's mom is a believer. Now, what would Kim have done with that contract had nobody wanted to buy the contract? What was she then done with the contract? Ripped it up, walked away. No harm, no foul. Remember, that's one of the options. But she didn't need to, did she? Now, the other member of the RIA that bought the contracts, a woman by the name of Tatiana. I know Tatiana pretty well. Let me tell you about Tatiana. Tatiana bought the contract from Kim for $17,000. Okay, so Tatiana paid Kim $17,000 for the contract. It then became Tatiana's contract. Tatiana then bought the house for $265,000 cash. She had the cash. She kept it for six months as a month-to-month rental. After the tenants moved out, she did a renovation and a small addition, and then she sold it after owning it for 12 months. And when she sold it, she made nearly $100,000 of net profit that she only had to pay long-term capital gains taxes, no income tax. Do you think Tatiana was pretty happy that Kim found that deal for her? What do you think? Yeah? So let me ask you guys a question. By a show of hands, how many of you are cash buyers? Raise your hand if you're a cash buyer. All right, let me ask another question. Um, how much cash do you have to have to make somebody a cash offer? None. How much cash do you have to have to be a cash buyer? None. You don't have to have any cash to make a cash offer. You don't have to have any cash to make uh, to be a cash buyer. You just need to know people with cash. So let me ask you guys another question. Does anybody here know somebody you could call if you get a smoking hot deal to buy a property for a big discount for cash? Does anybody know somebody you could call? For example, who? Oh, yeah, me. What do you think I'm doing up here? Yes. And in fairness, and in fairness, there's 100 other guys just like me out on that network that would be pleased as punch, right? If you guys rolled up your sleeves, got out there, got some properties under contract, and pitch them back to the group. That's why we want you. That's why we need you. That's why we'll even train you right on how to be educated contributing members. 
this community. So let me try this again, okay? Uh, I can see we have some mindset things going on here, so let me try this again. By a show of hands, how many cash buyers do I have in the room? Let me see a show of hands. Oh, fantastic. Love talking to a room full of cash buyers, right? Uh, and by the way, the network, the network instantly puts the people with cash, right, in connection, uh, you know, with the, with the people with the deals, off-market deals. Instantly puts the people with the deals in connection with the people with the cash. So welcome to the wholesale marketplace. Okay, um, our next strategy is a bit more complicated and honestly a bit more interesting. It's called buying property subject to the mortgage. I am a national expert at this. I may be the national expert on this. I have taught thousands and thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of people how to do this. If you've ever heard of this, there's a pretty good chance whoever told you about it learned it from me. This is about buying property and owning it with no money and no credit. How does that work? When somebody buys a house, what do they do? They go to a title company and they sign a big stack of documents. Most of the documents are disclaimers and disclosures, but there's two documents that get signed at the closing that actually make the closing happen, that make something happen. The two documents that get signed at a closing that make something happen are the deed and the note. The deed and the note. Notice these are two separate instruments, a deed and a note. Whosever name ends up on the deed, that's who owns the house. Whosever name ends up on the note, that's who's responsible for the mortgage. Notice these are two separate instruments, a deed and a note. Normally it is the same guy. The guy buys a house, his name is on the deed, his name is on the note, he owns the house, he's responsible for the mortgage. That's normal. He moves into the house, it's his house. All the rights and privileges and responsibilities and benefits of home ownership, they go to him. It's his house. At the end of the month, he gets a statement from Bank of America. Says you owe us $1,000 for the mortgage payment. He writes him a check for $1,000. Bank's happy. He's happy. Everybody's happy. That's how it works. And then the guy goes on to get married. And, well, you know, Texas is a community property state, so after he gets married, the wife is added to the deed. Now there's two names on the deed. Look them up in the tax records. Now there's two names on the deed, his and hers. But his name is still the only name on the note. Just because somebody's taken on or off the deed, that does not in any way, shape, or form affect the note. And then time goes on, and things don't work out, and they get a divorce. And in their situation, the wife gets the house in the divorce. So now something kind of interesting has happened. Now her name is the only name left on the deed, but his name is still the only name on the note. So the question is, as long as he keeps sending a check every month to Bank of America, or she starts sending a check every month to Bank of America, or a tenant or a property manager, a neighbor, an investor, a friend, or family member, or somebody sends Bank of America a check every month, the question is, does Bank of America care who wrote the check? No. They're like, oh, we got a check. Came on time for the right amount, and it cleared. We're good. So if you're listening to my story so far, I just told you all a story about a woman, about a spouse, about a person that was able to acquire real estate with no money and with no credit. There. I told you I was going to teach you all how to acquire real estate with no money and no credit. There's an example. All right. So here's the really, really good part. You can all do exactly the same thing, and you don't have to get married to do it. 
Because here in Texas, here's the deal. Here in Texas, here's the deal. Anybody, anybody, anybody can go up to any homeowner that has any loan, any mortgage from any lender on any house at any time, and you can make them an offer. And the offer anybody can make with any homeowner that has any loan from any lender on any house at any time is this. Here's the offer. I will make the payments on your mortgage for you going forward. Or I will find somebody to make the payments on your mortgage for you going forward. What's the catch? The catch is you have to hand the deed, which is ownership of the property to me. It's called buying a property subject to the existing mortgage. And you can do this with any homeowner that has any loan, any mortgage, from any lender on any house at any time. And the only person on this planet Earth that has to agree to this transaction is the person whose name is on the deed, not the bank. The bank has no say in this. It's actually federally regulated by the 1982 Garden St. Germain Act. says anybody can do their house to anybody. Anybody can pay somebody else's mortgage. So if you're listening to me closely, here's what you just heard me say. You can buy any house in Texas from any homeowner in Texas that has any loan from any lender, and you can buy that person's house at any time, and you can buy that person's house with no money and with no credit by simply offering to take over the payments on their mortgage or even offering to find somebody to take over the payments on their mortgage in exchange for them simply handing the deed, which is ownership of the property, to you. And once you learn how to buy real estate with no money and with no credit, then how many houses can you buy? All of them. It is a very scalable process. Look, when somebody's in financial distress, think of it this way. When somebody's in financial distress, they have a house and they have a mortgage. Is the house the problem or is the mortgage the problem? Owning a house is never a problem. Being responsible for a mortgage, right, when you're in financial distress, that could be a big problem. If you solve the big problem by taking over the payment or finding somebody to take over the payment in exchange for solving the big problem, you ask them to hand the deed, which is ownership of the property, to you. So it's simply agreeing to pay a seller's mortgage in exchange for their deed. Now, once somebody hands you their deed, you own it. You can do whatever you want with it. You can renovate it and retail sell it to somebody else. You can wrap it, assign it, keep it as a rental property. You can keep it as your own homestead if you like. I've helped many of my friends here in Texas buy their very own homestead with this little or no money, no credit needed strategy. How much money can you make? Well, there's a lot of ways to make a lot of money when you're buying houses with no money and no credit. Small flip, at least $10,000, typically a lot more. And this is another little or no money, little or no risk strategy. Let me show you an example of a deal. This is one of the $15 million worth of houses that I own in Texas. Um, if I wanted to buy $15 million worth of houses in Texas, I'd have to put 20% down every time I bought a house. I'd have to be a multimillionaire. I was not a multimillionaire when I started investing in Texas real estate. So I had to learn how to buy houses with no money and no credit. I'm going to teach you how it works right now. So this was bought subject to most of that portfolio of properties was bought using exactly this technique I'm teaching you right now. Here's the story. Woman owns this house. It's worth $150,000. She only owes $110,000 on the mortgage. So this house has $40,000 of equity. She had this house rented out for $1,600 a month rent. The mortgage payment, including tax insurance, is $1,100 a month. This should have and could have and would have been a perfect rental property, except for one major problem. This woman had lost her job. 
She was continuing to collect the rent because she was living off of the rent, but she had stopped paying the mortgage. Four days, four days before the first Tuesday of the month when the bank was going to foreclose on her, I knocked on her door. Hello, can I help you? I am here to help you. But what can you do? There's no time. They're going to foreclose on me. There's no time. How can you help me? What can you do? They're going to foreclose on me. There's no time. How can you help me? What can you do? Here's what I can do. I can stop the foreclosure. I can reinstate your loan. I can catch up the payments. I can make the mortgage payments for you going forward, and I can repair all your credit. That's amazing. What's the catch? You simply have to hand the deed, which is ownership of the property to me. And she said, deal. Why in the world did she say deal? Because in four days, she's losing this house. That was a done deal. But she wasn't just going to lose the house. In addition to losing the house, she was going to get something that goes along with it, something called a foreclosure. And I'm going to tell you guys, you don't want a foreclosure. We call a foreclosure the atomic bomb of credit hits. It's the big one. It's the beginning of a 10-year nightmare that starts with the sheriff and his deputies dragging you and your family and all of your possessions to the curb in front of your friends and family. It's 10 years of dealing with the IRS, potentially garnishing your wages to collect at a 1099 that could be issued against you for up to the full value of the loan. It's 10 years of having the lender potentially file a deficiency judgment lawsuit against you for up to the full value of the home. It's 10 years of dealing with creditors, hounding you day and night to collect on the judgment from that lawsuit. It's 10 years of not being able to buy another home, buy a car, get a credit card, open certain bank accounts, rent certain apartments, or even get certain jobs. Okay, it's a bullet to the freaking head, right? And she didn't want that, and I stopped all of that from happening to her. And she was thrilled. And the bank was thrilled because they didn't want the house. They just wanted their money. So I gave them their money. And the tenants were thrilled. They didn't want to get kicked out of the house. They just want to keep renting the house. So I let them keep renting it from me. But mostly, I was thrilled. Because for $4,500, which is what it cost me to reinstate this loan, I now own this beautiful $150,000 house. It came with a loan. It came with $40,000 of equity, right? All mine came with tenants paying me $1,600 a month rent. After I paid Bank of America $1,100, I put $500 back in my pocket. And if you think that's cool, my wife and I own about $15 million worth of these properties. Some of them took small amounts of money like this. Honestly, most of them took more money than this. Some of them took no money at all. How many of you would like me to walk you step by step by step through how to do this deal. Let me see a show of hands. Okay, we're all out of time. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was obnoxious, wasn't it? We are running out. We're almost done. We're almost done. But uh, I'm going to keep going. I, I like teaching this stuff, and you guys are wanting to learn more, so we're going to keep going. This was a pre-foreclosure list. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to teach you about this deal. Um, <clears throat> I love this deal, uh, and um, but I'll bet you, you you haven't all figured out why I love this so much. Some of you are probably saying, oh, you're making $500 a month. Yeah, that's not it. $500 is not going to affect my life or my lifestyle. That's not it. What I love about this is by doing this over and over and over again, over the last 18 years, okay, my wife and I were able to accumulate a portfolio of $15 million worth of houses. 
In fact, <clears throat> this last year was a really good year uh, for appreciation. The, the portfolio went up more than almost 30% in the last year, right? In other words, just in the last year, we became more than $4 million richer from having done this thing over and over again that takes little or no money and no credit. That's what I love about this. This can allow anybody, regardless of whether they have money or credit, to become a multi-multi-millionaire. That's what I love about this. And when I realized the wealth potential of this strategy, I actually made one additional tweak to this strategy. To be honest with you, I no longer buy these houses in my name. In fact, I don't even buy these houses in my company's name. Now when I buy these houses, I prefer to buy them in my IRA. How many of you were aware that you could do this exact transaction with your IRA? Okay, for the rest of you, you can actually do this exact transaction with your IRA. Yeah, actually, one of the co-sponsors of Texas RIAs is a company called Quest Trust, Quest, Quest Trust IRA, fastest growing self-directed IRA company in the country based right here in Texas. In fact, they're going to come to the workshop so you can meet them at the workshop and they can set up your IRA so you can use your IRA to do this transaction in real estate investing just like I do. Okay, so what happens when my IRA does this deal? Let me show you what happens. My IRA issues the $4,500 reinstatement fee to Bank of America. The deed, title, ownership of the property transfers to my self-directed IRA. Every month, the property manager deposits $1,600 of rent into the IRA. Every month, the IRA automatically issues a check for $1,100 back to Bank of America, and $500 goes back into the IRA. But that's not the good part. What's the good part? Over the next 25 years, this property will double in value, and it'll double again. And even at very, very conservative appreciation rates, it'll almost double a third time. Something interesting happens to the loan on this property over the next 25 years. What happens to the loan? Gets completely paid off by the tenants. Thank you very much, tenants. In other words, every time my IRA does this transaction, my, my IRA ultimately ends up owning an asset that's worth about a million bucks that by then I own free and clear. And because my IRA is also a Roth IRA, when I sell this asset in retirement, 100% of the proceeds are tax-free. Did you all just see what I did? I just showed you how to make $1 million tax-free from a $4,500 IRA doing one deal, one time. Helping a woman out of a horrible situation. Helping a bank from taking a property back they didn't want back. Helping tenants stay in a property they wanted to stay in. All that, just doing it once. The average retired person at the age of 65 has a net worth of $62,000. It's pathetic. If you just did this one deal, one time in your life, you'd be more than 25 times richer than the average retired person just doing it once. But I'll tell you something else I've observed. I've never seen somebody do this deal once. 95% of the people will never do this deal. And 100% of the people that do it once, then what do they do? And they do it again, 
and then they do it again. And then they do it again and again and again and again and again. And I was sitting in these same chairs 18 years ago. I was, same, you know, I was thinking, I didn't know anything, hadn't done any deals like that, right? And I did one. And then I did another one. And then I did another one, and another one, another one, another one, another one, right? And I, I can't believe 18 years later, and I got $15 million worth of these properties. Just doing it again and again and again and again. So one more time, how many of you would like me to walk you step by step by step through how to do this deal? Let me see your show of hands. Okay, I'm going to step you step by step by step. I'm going to walk you step by step by step. How to find this deal, how to get it under contract, the exact words to say, which contract to use, which attorney and title company to close it at, how to go through all the operational steps uh, to do this deal. So I'm going to walk you through all of that. But it's going to take me about three days to get through it all. So we're going to have to do it at the workshop. There we go. And I'm not going to teach you just that one strategy, although obviously that's pretty cool. I'm also going to teach you the other 11 strategies. You're going to learn how you can renovate houses for free, how you can buy houses that are underwater, how you can sell houses that even have negative equity, how you can wholesale negative equity houses. You're going to learn amazing strategies that are legal here in Texas, all 12 strategies we use here in Texas, all 65 tested proven marketing methods to actually find off-market properties. The 10 closes, the exact words to say, I just demonstrated a close to you. When I said to the woman, I'm here to help you and here's how, that was an example of a close. If I said, I'm going to teach you how to get somebody to give you their house for free, you'd all say what? BS. What? That doesn't make any sense. But then you have to see it and hear it and understand it. Why did she give me that house? Right? Because it was a better alternative than any other alternative. And I explained that to her. I could help her. Right? That's people that she needed help. I put it in that position and I got her to give me the house. That's a close. We have different closes for different strategies and situations. You're going to learn how you can partner. We like to partner uh, with me or other local experts, how to access our funding to fund your deals. Thousands, and I mean thousands, of successful Texas real estate investors have launched their careers at this workshop, Real Deal, Texans, Siege, and Texans, how to invest in Texas. So it comes, uh, we're doing the tour. Dallas, Houston, Central Texas. We're also doing a VIP tour. Uh, uh, tour. We're, we're doing a property tour during the workshop. Like I said, I've invited a bunch of Texans that learn from scratch how to invest in real estate to come and show deals live at the workshop and do Q&A there. And I'm going to tell you right now, some of these people that are going to be showing you their deals, some of them are now multi-millionaires today directly as learning this from how to invest in real estate from scratch. So to get it, go to TexasStarterKit.com. If you're uh, uh, technically inclined, you can actually zoom in and take a picture of that little QR code. It takes you to TexasRealEstate.com. I'm an engineer, so I put that there. Um, or you can just go to TexasStarterKit, I'm sorry, .com. And the Starter Kit, like I said, is pretty cool. It includes some really cool resources. So obviously, you can sign up for the workshop. Uh, and you get the workshop, but it also uh, comes with the money resource guide. There's a training program. Um, there's a business plan generator, and you also get to access, if you take all the way through, you get to access uh, the, um, the, uh, the, the, the live online network where you can post deals, get access to deals. Do we have any posters, by the way? Oh, we got a bonus. And wait, there's more. So right now it's free, so pretty good price, too. Um, and, in fact, we're going to sweeten the pot a little bit here. Not that we should have to sweeten it, but um, I'm going to show you oops, what happens when an engineer becomes a real estate investor. Uh, they tend to do crazy things like this. Uh, 
Okay, first 15 people to complete the blueprint online are going to get one of these really cool posters. These are the 273 things you have to know to be a real estate investor, all organized in this really pretty chart that shows how all the different pieces work. So it shows all 12 strategies, all 65 marketing methods, operations, and more. So a pretty cool poster. If you go to texasstarterkit.com and you actually get all the way through the process and join the local network, which is also free, uh, then you get one of these posters as well. So um, that's when the dates are. We also have a commercial workshop coming up as well, and you're welcome. And just, I'm, I'm so curious. I want to do a little poll of the audience. Um, live versus simulcast. Live versus simulcast. Um, obviously, you guys are live. How many of you uh, would like to come live and in person to the workshop? Let me see a show of hands. Okay, how many of you people would prefer to attend online? There's no right or wrong answer. Maybe just so two. Okay, I mean you can do a combination of both. I'm just I'm just just curious. You know, um, that's very interesting. Um, we're going through this pivot, right? You know, we went from live to online, and now the world is shifting back to something we quite don't know exactly what the next world looks like. It's some combination of, you know, virtual and in-person. But at any rate, you're welcome. If you sign up for the uh, starter kit, um, then uh, you just pick the date that you want. You can come with any combination of live or online. That's completely up to you. We have Texans that come from the different cities, or you can, even if you're in, you know, San Antonio, you can go to Houston if you want to. It's completely up to you, or you can attend uh, online. So that's all part of the starter kit, and the commercial workshop is also coming up if you're advanced already or if you get the training. Uh, brilliant opportunity to, uh, to get even more advanced training, and it's also free. So some questions. I'll put this link up in a minute if you're wanting to cheat and use the link. It's All the link does is it takes you to texasstarterkit.com. But, um, uh, oh, also, please join us online, uh, Facebook group, Texas Rias, YouTube, uh, Instagram. Um, a lot of the materials that we have are online. You can download them. So join us on social media. Pick, pick your poison. Pick one, which one you like the most. Um, some event details. The workshop is both live in person and simulcast online. The blueprint is free. It includes your business plan, tickets to the workshop, training program, money resource guide, access to the network, all at texasstarter.com. You'll also get an invitation to the commercial workshop as well. So pretty cool stuff. Some questions, how much experience do I need to do this? The residential workshop assumes that you're a rookie just getting started. So I don't assume you've got any experience. About 75% of the people that come to the workshop are rookies just getting started. Interestingly enough, about 25% of the people that come are already experienced real estate investors, but they're coming to learn some of the advanced marketing and some of the advanced strategies. Can I bring my partner, significant other? Highly recommend you do. Even if your significant other is not interested in real estate, it's a good idea to bring them along for the ride as best you can for a couple different reasons. Number one, I'm pretty good at teaching people. So a lot of times I can get people excited even if they didn't know they wanted to be real estate investors. But also, um, you know, after you start investing in real estate, you're going to go home one day and you're going to say, honey, I'm buying a house. And if your honey hasn't had any training on real estate, what is your honey going to say? 
No, you know, that's crazy. So the more you can get them involved, even if they don't do it with you, just it, they're going to be more supportive because they're going to understand, oh, there's lots of ways to do this and it'll, it'll make sense to them. What if the event is rescheduled a day or two before the actual workshop? We will uh, either call you or send you a message and RSVP you just because we want to kind of get a, a head count. Um, if for some reason there's a scheduling conflict either with you or with us, uh, we can reschedule at that time. And I will say, uh, thousands of people have done this. They paid to do this. Right now, we're doing it for free. If you register now, you actually get grandfathered in. Even if you get, re- even if you reschedule workshop, once you're registered for it, it's it's basically paid for. So even when we start charging for it again, you're in. If you if you get the starter kit right now, uh, how do I know this is the real deal? You know, my best advice to that is ask somebody that's done it already. Uh, and, and seriously, right now it's free, so there's really no risk. But if you'd like to come join us at the workshop, come join us at the workshop. If you don't want to join us at the workshop, I promise I won't be offended. But I will tell you, whatever you do, whatever you do, do not waste your time and money going to one of these traveling circus roadshows. There's a bunch of these national companies going around. I guarantee that is a waste of time. Find other local experts to work with. Uh, If you want to see what over a thousand people said about this workshop, at this workshop, we invite everybody that comes to the workshop to give us feedback form, handwritten. On this piece of paper, tell us what you thought of the workshop. And then we scan 100% of the feedback forms, we scan them, and we post them on the internet for the whole world to see. Why in the world would we do that? Go look for yourself. You want to see what a thousand different reviews people said about this workshop because you're going to see the same thing I knew before we even agreed to post them online. 99 out of 100, they all say the same thing. This is a life-changing experience. Literally, people that have been to these other workshops say, oh my gosh, you know, I learned more in the first 45 minutes. These are real Texans teaching real Texans how to invest in Texas, real deal, real resources, go see for yourself. Um, how do I get my tickets? Go to TexasStarterKit.com. As part of the starter kit, by the way, you can even um, add it to your calendar. So that's pretty convenient. It'll even put the links to the simulcast in your calendar and, of course, how to get there live. Uh, what if I want more help? The last step uh, of the starter kit, it, it, you consume the training and you register for the blueprint and you get your tickets to the workshop. And then the very last step is you join the online network. It's all free. That's where you can post questions and deals and get more support. So do go all the way through the starter kit. If you go all the way through the starter kit today, you actually get a poster as well if you're one of the first 15. Uh, And uh, that is basically it. Texas's largest real estate investor association at TexasStarterKit.com. If you like today's episode, please subscribe, comment, share with other investors, or join us directly at TexasStarterKit.com.